Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's the Flow Track Podcast in North Carolina. I'm Kevin Selly on one side of the wall. Joining me is Gordon Mack on the other side of the wall. Gordon, good morning. I made it so it looks like I'm talking into my shoe. You like the little it's look great. I made? Looks like it's terrific. I have a shoe mic. I have a shoe mic. Presented by Hoka. That's why I have a shoe mic. Mm-hmm. Or a spike mic. It's a spike mic, man. I got the mid-distance spike you got the long distance spike yeah tell people about it well it's the cielo gordon powered by the propulsion of carbon hoka's got these two new models the md and the ld as you mentioned i got the ld you got the md we saw someone wearing these guys yesterday as a matter of fact out in real life um the website is is hoka.com to get yours uh yeah and they've been basically our loyal companions this entire trip, we got our microphones, we got our cameras, and we got our CLOs. That's the only thing you need. We packed very light, very light packing. No checking yes. luggage. One, we, we, we just put all our stuff in one bag, you and me together. We just, mm-hmm. we were very efficient with our packing. But, but we brought the spikes. We were sure we brought, we brought the, spikes, the spikes, the CLO spikes. Yeah. So again, the website, hoka.com, uh, hoka faster forward. Uh, Gordon, I want to start by uh, talking about this World Indoor Tour meet. Actually, first of all, let's back up a second. Back let's up. give people an update of the trip. We're three-fourths of the way done in terms of schools that we came to see. What's been your highlight so far? I mean, they're all great. They're all highlights, right? Um, mm-hmm. Do you want my highlight of what we did during the workouts or what we did after workouts? One of each. Okay. Oh, so I enjoyed the uh, NC State workout, seeing mm-hmm. the national champions uh, rip fast 800s was very fun. Mm-hmm. Getting to see Caitlin Tui 
uh, leading the charge very fast. They ran did the five by eight hundred, and then they did a four two two four two two, and they were mm-hmm. going pretty fast. It was exciting to see the whole group together. There was like two different workouts going on. There was the workout mm-hmm. for the the women who are redshirting indoor, and then the workout for the women who are still in the middle of their indoor season. So that was yeah. that was fun to watch. Um, Whoops! And Sorry, then, my light went off. Uh, it's all right. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I just want to then, make sure uh, the people can see the shoe. Can people see the shoe? Yeah, they can see the shoe. They got okay. it. Make the shoe right. the mic. That's what I did. Put the shoe in the middle. <laughs> and then my other main highlight, um, we got to go to Durham, and we got to see a basketball game. We got to see mm-hmm. the, the Duke basketball game, and it came down to a nail-biter, game-winning shot, yeah. uh, and it was fun. I'd never been inside of a, a Duke basketball game and get to experience in real life. was was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. We also got to work out with Aaron Marsh at Duke. So that's why we were at Duke. Because you get to do a workout with one of the best heptathletes in the country. Potentially Mm -hmm. could make the U.S. team this year. Um, She's pretty damn good. So it was cool to follow her, do some high jumping uh, work and some sprint work. Yeah. Went over some hurdles, too. That was awesome to see. Campus was beautiful. Got out to UNC as well, too. Uh, Cameron Indoor was cool. That was my highlight until this morning. When I probably ate the best biscuit of my life. And it's not too far from our hotel, Gordon. It was Ooh. tremendous. Just the right amount of sweetness, the right amount of fluffiness. It was terrific. Well done, Raleigh. Haven't had barbecue yet, though. That's maybe today for lunch or today for dinner. Because we got one more stop. You want to tell people where we're going? North Carolina A&T. Going to hang out with Randolph Ross and the entire sprint crew. They're in my rankings Pearl for crew? podiuming. And hurdle crew? Crews. Oh, yeah. They hurdle got crew. Lot, they got, they got a lot of, of crews. Yeah. They got a lot of points. Um, the men, I'm predicting to potentially finish in the top four. So uh, on the backs of some strong hurdlers and obviously Randolph Ross in their 4x4. Four four. So be yeah. fun to get out to Greensboro. Then we'll work out with them today. Yeah. We got a short sprinter, too. They got a lot of ingredients that's going to lead to a podium or maybe even top of the podium. They don't, they're in the mix for sure. A couple things. Uh, can break either way in that men's team race. They can mix it up, but it's going to be it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited to to see their workout as well. Um, all right, let's get into it, shall we? I want to talk Do about it. the Leven World the Leven World Indoor Tour meet on Thursday. It's live on FlowTrack. Uh, people need to check it out because here are some names that are involved in this meet. Or let me just throw some names at you. Colt, throwing up the graphic. Colt, great job so far, by the way, in producing. It's terrific. Uh, Gudolf Sagat, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Wale, Borrega, Germa, Grant Holloway, Marcel Jacobs, Ronnie Baker, Natoya Ghoul, Mario Garcia, Elliot Giles. I mean, it's stacked, Gordon. There are a lot of people plotting fast times. That release that Colt just threw up on the, on the screen, for those of you watching, talks about how Sagat is targeting the women's mile world record and if she runs at the same pace that she ran her 1500 meter world record last year she's going to destroy that mark she's absolutely going to destroy that mark and then inga britson i don't know where he's at in terms of his training he's been posting a lot on instagram which normally that's an important part of the training cycle because that means you're fit enough to where you feel comfortable posting something for the public to see uh he ran 331 here last year and if you look at the all-time list, 
331.04 to Farah world record. Now, that was set uh, after Inga Britson ran his 331.80 last year. So we could theoretically see that record is obviously vulnerable. I think we could see Jakob's first world record in this meet. Really? Yeah, because you look at last year when he ran this when he ran this meet. This was his his debut, and he opened with three thirty one eighty. If he's a second faster, he's a world record holder. That's all it takes. Like that record is is going to get broken. I think this indoor season. It's just a matter of who ultimately does it. I think is very vulnerable, and Jakob probably pretty motivated by the fact that. He wants to get his first world record. That would be something to see. Um, I agree with you. I think he is capable of doing it. Um, but again, whenever I think of certain distance world records, I uh, mm-hmm. always have to have a hesitance because you need everything to go right. You know, you just need one the athlete to be in their best shape, part of mm-hmm. hopefully near their best shape of their life. But also, scenarios need a, a good pacing. You need just. Everything needs to go right for a true 1500 and up to go at world record pace. Um, and if it's, I think we'll know basically if he's going to do it by, I would say, what do you think it's, how far into the race will you be like, he's going to do it? Mm-hmm. For me, I be think. Call the shot. I think 700 meters. Yeah. 700 meters mm-hmm. in, I'll be like, all right. World record. It's happening. Like, I was going to say 800. Like 800? Yeah. So you you outdid me there. I guess if I was more familiar with the 600 split, I'd have to look it up to see what it, what it would be. But, yeah, I think he's going to – I don't think he's going to fall apart. I think if it's going to be off, it's going to be off early. And he's going to have decent comp- – like, these fields are good. Up and down the board, like, they attracted good fields. So – yeah, there's a lot of superstars in these races, but they're going to get pushed in all in all these events. So, I think that's a good number, 700 meters in to know. I just I think he's going to do it. Now, here we go, Jakob on Instagram. Look at him; he's doing even some slow mo. That's a different phase of confidence. When you're willing to go slow mo <laughs> on IG, then you know that you're ready to rip one. Listen, sometimes world record attempts are publicized, but the athlete never had any intention of doing them. Sometimes world records aren't publicized, and then you find out right, world record attempts aren't publicized, and then you find out a couple laps in. Oh my gosh, are they actually going for a record here? And we never knew. I don't know which category this is going to fall under. I haven't heard much like official. Like Jakob didn't post it. Did he put a caption there? Like I'm going for the world record. I don't think so. So we're not. We're gonna have to wait and see. Um, you're right. A couple laps in. I'm just going based on what he did last year and there's every indication that he's going to pick up right where he left off and listen a second yeah it's an eternity in an elite race but it's also a second pacing error it's also (laughs) how did you take you know if you if you have a little bit more company to push you you can you can make it up up a sec i mean it's actually less than a second you can make up that small amount of time um for this record i think the women's record is good as gone i think sagai is gonna smash it because that mark is very beatable for her. Yeah, what's the uh, the mile world record? So the mile world record is 413 by Dababa. 
but last year Sagai ran three fifty three in this meet in a fifteen. So you figure that goes out to four ten. Even okay, give her even a, a less ambitious conversion. Let's give her four eleven. That's two seconds clear. Again, we don't know entirely the type of form she's in, but I think that one could be gone as well too. And then that three K. Those guys have been right on that 3K world record, which to me seems the hardest of the three. You know, that's a, it's a Daniel Komen mark, and his records are, are legendary, 724. But Wale in this meet last year ran 724.98, missed it by uh, eight one hundredths, and then Borrega ran 726. Germa ran 727. All those guys are back. They, they brought back the top three from 2021. It's gonna be it's gonna be one to watch. So I, I think that could go down too. And this is not hyperbole. This is not me saying, hey, this meet like we're gonna see three world records. You look at the credentials of the people involved and what they've done in this meet in the past, and I think all of them are are 50-50 at worst here. I think Sagai's much higher than 50-50 to get this. And then the, the other two are definitely attainable. Do you think these East Africans and Europeans at this meet on the distance side are going to be like Milrose new bounce grand prix. Yeah. That's cute. Well, here's some real running. And then they go out and they're running multiple seconds faster paced than what those three K's at Milrose were or the miles or 1500s. Mm -hmm. This is their way to yeah, show like did, you're not on our level yet. It did sort of remind me just in terms of the amount of names involved. Oh, this is the European Milrose Birmingham this weekend too could also lay claim to that. Or this is the, the European New Balance Indoor Grand Prix. Um, because it's pulling from a, I think, bigger pool of athletes in terms of countries than, the, than Milrose did. But also the emphasis is, is different. A lot of emphasis on, on these distance races. Not to say that Milrose didn't have good distance races and not to say Levan doesn't have good sprints, because obviously it does. But if you were to circle, hey, what are the four regular the biggest regular season pro meets of the year leven and birmingham are on that list definitely like that's part of the circuit for sure that these athletes aren't missing and i i guess leven people like the track organization is good I mean, there's something that's drawn these athletes to this meet year in and year out yeah and again you can watch both of these meets live on flow track for u.s audiences canadian audiences and australian audiences so mm -hmm. you're in the U.S., you want to watch some potential world records, uh, tune in live mm -hmm. on Flow. I think it'll be sometime in the afternoon, right? Because it'll be an evening meet. So it should go live sometime in the afternoon on U.S. time zone, mm -hmm. I'm assuming. Correct? <laughs> you know. I don't know my time zone yeah. that well. Come on. Yeah. yeah, we're in the east time zone right now. So I'm, I'm all off by an hour still. Listen, though, Holloway's in the 60 hurdles, and that's a decent field that he's going against, too. Obviously, you picked him to crush in New Balance, and he did. Um, but I wonder how quickly he can go. 729 world record. We'll see. But Eaton's in there. Uh, Martin Lagarde is in there. Uh, Belosien is good. And Daniel Roberts. So along with Posse, I think you have the three toughest non-U.S. guys in this field with Martin Lagarde, Belosien, and Posse. It could end up being a different combination, but right now – those are definitely three of the guys um, to consider. Posse based on last year, Belosian based on last year, Martin Lagarde based on 
even this year and obviously previous years. And then in the 60, you're going to see Jacobs again. Marcel Jacobs took off a long break, and then now he's running all the time, which is fun. <laughs> but he's going against he's going against Ronnie Baker, and I think that's going to be a good matchup, and that'll tell us exactly where both of those guys are at because it would be considered a quality win for both of them if they got this victory. Yeah, I mean, Jacobs running that 649 after his 651 um, is something to take take serious, right? I think that's kind of – when he's running the 650s, I wasn't like – I wasn't ready to take it serious. Now, obviously, he's basically on a mission in 2022 to be taken seriously because everyone yep. is calling his upset win – or not upset win. I mean, it wasn't upset win. His win at the Olympics as, you know, uh, outlier especially after yeah. he didn't come back and try to, to, you know, run the Diamond League circuit. So I think every race he steps on the track, this is like Olympics was not a fluke. Like every time he's trying to finish a race, he's trying to prove that it wasn't a fluke. And he's two for yeah. two right now and proving it's not a fluke. Now, it gets harder to prove it when you go up against even better competition, like a potential Christian Coleman matchup at World Indoors. Yeah. Then ultimately all the 100-meter guys out there during the spring. But – Right now he's on pace to keep on proving it. He's basically living in a world where he's not allowed to lose like ever again because people are going <laughs> to expect perfection from him to justify his one Olympic yeah. win. That's no one else standard. has to do that. Like, a thing Mo can lose, and no one's going to be like, a thing Mo, you're, yeah. you're a fraud. No, they'll be like, oh, no, she just lost the race because that happens. But as soon as he yeah. loses a race, people are going to put the word fraud next to his name because, you know. They're going to be like, you only won one race that yeah. you got lucky or whatever. So, yeah. But he's two well, for two. And so far, three three. so far, yeah. so far, he hasn't gone beyond anything he hasn't done last year. The difference is we're just paying attention to these times because he ran 647 yeah. last year. But I think beating Baker is different. I think that yeah. would be significant. Even if he doesn't run a, a PB, but beating Baker, I think you take note about a win like that. The other indoor meet I wanted to talk about, it's going to start before our next pod because we're going to preview Birmingham on Friday, which on Friday's show, where we'll be back in Austin. Maybe we'll be live for that one too. And that one's going to be the one where, you know, Laura Mir is targeting the 1K world record, Yadalene Thompson Raw racing. So that one's going to be spectacular. But MPSF, a collegiate meet here in the US, is going to take place before we record on Friday. Can you give us a bit of a rundown about what to expect? At that meet, that takes place in in Spokane in the new venue. Yeah, so MPSF, uh, this is the first year for kind of a, a massive shift. Typically, MPSF used to draw in a lot of the Pac-12 schools. Pac-12 schools have decided to kind of peel off and create their own little mini invitational um, on conference weekend, and then the remaining MPSF schools, which is like the BYU's, the Portland's, the you know different California state schools. They're all going to be competing at the new Spokane venue, not in Seattle or at UW, but in the Spokane mm -hmm. venue, and uh, put together kind of like a – it's going to be a conference meet, but it's going to be a unique situation for these teams because there's only two weeks left to qualify for NCAAs, and yeah. now that they're going to have their conference this upcoming weekend and not the main conference weekend, it's going to allow all these schools to have a conference meet, but then a weekend later yeah. have a – an open weekend to chase yeah. marks and basically create their virtual, you know, last chance weekend. So I know like BYU 
they're doing that. BYU, they're going to go to this MPSF meet, uh, do their best to do what they can there. And then a week later, they're going to look at the top 16 across the country and be like, oh, we have, a t- we have an athlete who's ranked 18th. Let's set up a race for them to try yeah. to get into the top 16. Um, so this is going to be a big advantage for these MPSF teams to uh, potentially more qualify for NCAAs. And you can watch mm-hmm. the first of their two weekends, you know, live on Flowtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a busy week of, of indoors. Throwing the schedule up there for all to see. Once again, Colt, just MVP with producing today. Can't say enough about how good of a job he's doing. Um, yeah, uh, right now, if, if you're a D2 fan, the Gulf South Indoor Championships, you know, Christian Noble of Lee, oh. Tennessee, he's running. That's live wow. actually yesterday and wow. today. A um, bunch of high school championships are also going down. Um, but the main stuff to look forward to, obviously, are the three World Athletics Indoor Tours, Levin, which is on Thursday, Birmingham, which is Saturday, and Dusseldorf, which is oh, Sunday. Yeah. Also, yeah, we'll talk about Austin, we'll talk about Austin Marathon. It's also on Sunday as well. Mm. They'll be live. Austin Marathon. All right. Before we talk about figure skating, tell us about the latest NCAA rankings. Whoever thought that would be a sentence that would come out of someone's mouth. When we talk about figure skating, let's talk about NCAA rankings. Uh, So I updated uh, the rankings. Massive changes. I did a whole show about it. It's on the Flowtrack site, the NCAA track and field show. Um, How massive? Basically, show. Texas and Florida, they have now become – I know I said Florida's going to run away with it, but Texas has had a really good – on the women's side, has had a really good last few weeks. And now Texas is ranked one over Florida. They're basically now neck and neck, and they are far away what? better than any other team, Texas and Florida. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. How, what happened? Besides Tyra Gittins, what happened? There's just a bunch of Texas athletes who are like – Running fast 200s, they have like a triple jumper out of nowhere. They're just like all coming in here, and the points are adding up. And now Texas Hold on a second. is in the driver's seat. Yeah. So you had Florida. Yeah, you had Florida almost getting 100. Now you're dropping them down to 77? Yeah. Well, are you they almost were at 100 when... Florida? You're falling into this trap. You're no, I'm not. Florida again. The Florida That's... equipment manager's Twitter account is going to get on you again. Jordan, it's your not, you're not, if you're saying a team's going to score 77 points, that's not an underestimate. All right. I'm sorry, but like you cannot call someone you underestimating us if you think they're going to score 77 points. <laughs> anyway, but this is the women's team battle. It's, it's getting too close. Yeah. And they both got good four by four. So it's going to come down to the four by four. I mean, the number that you said they were going to put up before was going to be the highest in NCAA history. And now you have them. Dropping, but I'm guessing that's part of that's Texas grabbing their points too. So as Texas yeah. rises, Florida falls. Correct. Interesting. Wow, that is a turn of events. Yeah, and then on the men's side, NAU now is back in the mix to podium because when I look at how the distance points are kind of kind of going to play out, you can see a, a strong scenario where NAU's Nico Young and Abdi Hamid Nur. Can go one, two, two, three, or one, three in both the 3K and 5K, and then get like yeah. a, a little bit of points in the DMR, and that gets them to 36 points, which would then put them in podium contention because you're only going to maybe need 30 points to podium in, in the men's field because there's not a men's team that's really pulling away. 
Arkansas mm-hmm. now is in the mix. They weren't really talked about early season. They were ranked 11th last week. Now they're second. So it's really toss up on the men's side. Anyone can win it. And I think it's interesting that a team like NAU can kind of spoil the podium party with just two really strong distance guys. Um, but the thing that's really interesting on the men's side is the distance times. I did a whole breakdown. If you run 747 in a 3K, you're not going to qualify for NCAAs, which is utterly wild. 747 is a great 3K mark, and that's ranked yeah. 17th outside top 16. There are people like Wesley Kiptu who won his Iowa State Classic 3K in 748, which is a good time, and he's ranked 24. Someone like Mario yeah. Garcia Romo, Ole Miss guy, he's a three, low 350 miler. He probably could win a 3K. He has like a Yer Nagus yeah. type, you know, kick. He's not qualified, even though he ran a 748 this weekend, but because 747 is now the cutoff. So I'm really interesting. I'm really interested to see the reaction when we see notable distance stars not make the meet because of the rise of the depth of NCAA. And I think it's just made more situational. Because if Wesley Kiptu mm-hmm. was in the race with Yard Nagus, Wesley Kiptu's not running 748. He's going to run mm-hmm. like low 740s. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was at Iowa State, Kiptu now is nowhere to be found. So that's my latest 3K rankings. I'm going Nagus, Nur, Young, Beatlescombe, Garcia Romo, Kyoko Herrera, and Lopez Segura. Now, if you look at this, I am putting a lot of faith in Garcia Romo and Nico Young. The reason why is they're both not qualified in the 3K. So I'm assuming that Coach Mike Smith of NAU and Ryan Van Hoy of Ole Miss are going to find a way to get their two star distance runners one last 3K opportunity, which is going to be hard to find because there's only two weeks left, right? Are you going to do a conference weekend or this upcoming weekend? Um, Yeah. It'll be interesting. And Nico Young was supposed to run a 3K this past weekend, but was sick. So they have two. Two weekends to figure it out. But I, I think Mike Smith is going to figure it out. Yeah, these times are quick. But if this ends up being the final of the 3K, there's enough, there's some star power in there. You're missing some yeah, names. But like, there's also some people that you know. But if Nico's not there, Garcia Romo's not there, and Wesley Kiptu's not there, you're going to be like, that sucks. Nah, I mean, but you're used to people scratching and people doing Like, you still have a – People don't scratch a goose. People don't scratch. Nagoose, Nur, Herrera, Beetlescum, Yoko. There's a lot of people there that people have. Been yeah, but with. I, I look at these two Oak State guy, OK State guys, just on the teetering on the edge. Shoppy 746, and then Mayor 746 in 13th and 14th, just like right, right there. Um, yeah, I'm guessing, guessing that'll. I mean, if you had to bet, is it is it going to hold or not? And how many people will get bumped? Do you think of the 16 right now? I mean, I think at least three, because I think Kip three. Two, Garcia, Romo, and Young are going to find a way to get one last chance in. Like, yeah, I can see Iowa State being like Wesley Kip Two. You're not running anything at Big Twelves. The only thing you're doing is you're running a fast three k. Go, mm-hmm. you know, because I think they're going to see Kip Two can win an NCAA title. That's more valuable than getting ten, ten or eight points in a Big Twelve meet. Is this going to lead to the, the BU meet in December being like a four-day long meet so that way they can run the three and the five there, just get all of it out of the way? 
Yeah, get it all out of the way. Just do the whole regular season in one weekend. Just hang out in Boston for an extra Take couple it. days until you're recovered. And then just you know how people go to like to they do uh altitude training? They go to like to elevation yeah, for yeah. a month or two. They're gonna do we're doing yeah. Boston training. We're just going to Boston for a month and we're doing all of our races there. Just only running on this track. That's all we're yeah, all we're gonna do. All our workouts here. Yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting uh interesting developments. Just uh the women's team race and the men's individuals. Also, I'm looking at the the men's team. Right now you got a podium with two non power five teams in there too, yeah. NAU and North Carolina A and T, which would be notable for sure. You know, crash the party. I'm sure yeah. the SEC, Big Twelve, Pac twelve schools aren't gonna be too thrilled if NAU and North Carolina A and T find their way into the top yeah. four. Yeah, you got two SECs up top and then NAU and North Carolina A&T. I mean, this, these numbers are so low, though. That's I mean, the thing, some yeah. of this, a lot of the stuff's going to shift. You have... Yeah. Grand you can Canyon? Jump like 12 spots. Grand yeah, Canyon? Yeah, Grand Canyon. 16 Grand points? Canyon, bro. In 14? Hell yeah. Who are they scoring? Can you guess? What, what, what event do you think Grand Canyon is good at? Uh, weight throw. Are you? Did you look it up? No, I didn't. It's all right. Yeah, weight throw. Yeah, and high jump, weight throw, and high jump. Ethan Harris, he's jumped two point two four meters, and Israel Ololiedi has thrown a, a weight throw twenty four point four meters. So that's, that's how great. That was I. It, oh wow, he's number one ranked. Yeah. Wait, is he? Hold on a second. He's a transfer from Arizona. Doing some he was at Arizona there. last year. He got thirteenth in the hammer throw, and he got second in the weight throw last year. So he got second in the weight in twenty twenty one. The transfer to Grand Canyon. Something to watch. Something to watch. Definitely. Okay. Um, anything else? If you want to talk about figure skating, <laughs> like, why is he showing Maxwell Myers happy birthday? The producers. That's not him. Um, uh, no, that wasn't well, him. <laughs> well, you were doing good for a while. I think you flew too close to the sun on that one. You got a little confident. Yeah. He's like, he's yeah, a guy on the team. It's his birthday. Yeah, I thought no. that was um, him. It's the last thing on their Twitter feed. I don't know. <laughs> that, he's uh, real a weight thrower. <laughs> Well, what should be on the top of their Twitter feed now is number one ranked weight thrower, according to Gordon Mack. That should be yeah. worthy of a tweet, I think. It's a great it should shot be worthy of a tweet. Rankings. What was he? Was he? This is the first week he's been number one. I don't know. You just, I don't remember to be honest. There's, you know, thirty six events here. I don't remember the archives of every single ranking. They're not posting this guy currently on Twitter. It doesn't really. Like, yeah. Oh man. Oh, he was number one last week. And let me see how far back. Maybe it's just old hat at this point that he's just crushing it. And, yeah. Uh, Grand okay. Canyon's always been up there because of it. Okay, so two weeks ago, he wasn't in your top eight at all. Yeah. So this is a new. Oh, no, wait, never mind. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. He was number one in February 1st. Let me see. This is interesting. I'm, I'm tracking the progression of the weight throw. <laughs> oh, he's, he's he's been established. And you say he's Arizona, too. I feel like more people should be. Okay, here we go. Uh, January 18th, he was second to Bobby 
Colantino. Colantonio. Okay. Excuse me. So, but ever since then, he's been he's been number I mean, one. Which so makes sense. Number... He got second last year. So, yeah. He was, he's been number he one for. Yeah. yeah, he's number one four weeks in a row. Oh, and he's number we're, one before that. So, we're now a way throw podcast. Five of the six weeks, he's been number one. So, need some tweets about him. <laughs> GCU. That's what we need. You want to talk about figure okay. skating? Yeah, I was just wondering. You know, I used to do this thing, and I'll probably do it again for This Week in Track. When we used to do shows in the studio, Lincoln and I would, would have a segment called If This Was Track. And we'd take – it was just basically an excuse to talk about other sports and any controversy was in other sports. And then we just applied it to track. Like, hey, if this thing happened in track, like how would people perceive it? Because it is interesting to look at things from the perspective of another sport and just how they view, be it uh, doping, be it um, any sort of controversy, just like how would, it, how would it be viewed through the lens of track and field. So figure skating, they have this doping controversy this week. And I think if I was doing that same segment of like if this was track, I'd be like, no, nah, this is about right. Because it's just a complete and total mess. and every bit of information that comes out is just more bad news and makes not I don't want to say the sport look worse, but just this whole winter Olympics situation. It's become the dominant story. Obviously Shakira Richardson um, voiced her displeasure with this ruling. A lot of winter Olympians too are who are competing uh, against Valieva, the Russian figure skater who tested had a positive drug test um, and is being allowed to compete. But you read this story, Gordon. It is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So the layers to this thing. Why don't you just, for people who may been not watching the Winter Olympics, why don't you just recap exactly like the, the headline of what happened? All right, I'll read this AP story from the beginning. Um, well, no, so- we don't just... I was just kidding. I'm not actually going to read an AP story from the beginning. I'm going to read it from the middle. Okay, so she had she fa- she failed a a drug test. Okay, that she took. Who failed the drug test? A Russian skater, Camila Valieva. Years old. Okay, right, yeah, 15 years old. Right, do you want to do the segment or do you want me to? How are we doing? Well, I'm just saying some people um, might not know who we're talking. We're just assuming people know what we're talking. Everybody about. knows the story. Everybody knows the story now. But I'll repeat it okay. for you people who aren't figure skating or sports fans or news fans. Uh, who, whose only vessel to the outside world is this podcast. Um, yeah. So she failed, she failed the pre-Olympic drug test, okay? But it didn't get reported until after, right, the competition already started. Now, there's controversy about why it wasn't known before the Olympics, and Watt is basically saying Russia, or the Russian Olympic Committee, because they're not allowed to compete as Russia, didn't put her on the list of people who should get expedited results. So she fails the test um, for, you know, this, this medication that people say is very unlikely that she would need for normal usage. They do an emergency court of arbitration for sport panel because she's due to compete in another event. The court of arbitration of sport rules, hey, you can continue to compete while these, these cases are being adjudicated. So it's like two cases. One, the gold medal that she's already won, and two, the one that she's competing in now. But they're not holding any medal ceremonies because they think the results could possibly change uh, for these two competitions. And they also, for the one that she's competing in now, currently as we're recording, or 
that she started competing in, they allowed an extra skater into the competition to make up for the fact that they're adding her. The other element to this is part of the reason they said she was allowed to compete. I'll read the quote here. Um, she's a protected person, meaning because she's a minor, she's viewed differently. All right. Which is where things get, I think, a bit tricky and complicated for me and where Richardson and people who are bringing up Richardson's case. And listen, we did enough on the Richardson case last year. I don't want to go down that road again. People know how you feel about that. People know how I feel about that. That's been covered ground. But I think sometimes you can get lost in the weeds of every single little case and miss the big headline, which is one person was allowed to compete and one person was not. And the optics are obviously terrible in this case because she failed a drug test and she's being allowed to compete. Now, she is a protected person. She is a minor. So obviously you feel incredible sympathy for her, right, in this situation. But the fact remains is you can't have a situation where minors can dope and they're still allowed to compete. <laughs> The classic you can loophole. Drive a, classic you can drive a loophole. truck through that. It's not even a loophole. It's so much bigger than any loophole here, right? And if you're in favor of clean sport or you're in favor in protecting the rights of, of minor athletes, you, you can't have this. This, this can't exist because it just creates this completely perverse incentive because they're not going to get away from it, especially in sports like figure skating where a, an athlete who is under 18 can succeed and can thrive. We've seen that in a number of sports, but figure skating is one of them where younger athletes do go out there and win medals. So it's obviously a completely ridiculous situation. Oh, we lost you. We lost you, Kevin. I'll, I'll, I'll DM Kevin, let tell him to refresh. Anyway, while what Kevin was talking about, um, I mean, just a recap. Sorry, I got thrown off because Kevin got frozen on me. But he's he's 100% right. If Regardless of situations, regardless of whether or not um, feelings are hurt or whether or not she knew she was taking it or not, because there's a good chance she probably didn't because she was 15. But still, at the end of the day, are you allowed to take drugs or are you not allowed to take drugs? And if you're allowed to, if you can't have these scenarios where right. taking drugs is actually uh, not that bad because she didn't know it. You know, that's the yeah. classic argument like, oh, I didn't know what was in the medicine that I was taking or the label mm -hmm. didn't tell me the ingredients. That's the exact same type of an excuse as my doctor gave it to me because I'm 15. Like, mm -hmm. you know. If a eight, if a twenty-two year old is not allowed to say the doctor prescribed this for me incorrectly, then why can a fifteen-year-old say the doctor prescribes me incorrectly? Like, um, yeah, yeah, or or it makes no sense. Have, a, have an age limit. Have an age a doping limit. age limit. Say, hey, no, a competition age limit. And oh. Say you're not allowed to compete until you are going to be responsible for everything that goes in your body, and we understand yeah. that. You could be taken advantage of. You could be exploited. Because, again, she is 15. 
And that I that fact hopefully is not lost on on people. And I think that that obviously needs to be taken into account. But that needs to be taken into account in terms of like her punishment from the sport. I don't think it yeah. needs to be removed when we're talking about this competition and these athletes who pass drug tests being afforded the opportunity to have a level playing field, which is what which is what they want. And I just think again, there's hard enough things to enforce with anti-doping. This should not be one of them. Like this this sort of situation should not happen. And I saw, I don't know, when I cut off, I don't know if you went into the comps between, did you compare this to the McNeil case? No, but I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, so obviously that was being adjudicated. A um, couple differences here. And again, this is where, just like I said before, you get lost in the weeds and then you lose the big picture. Trials are a qualifying race. Trials are a qualifying race. Trials are not the end-all race. The Olympics is the end-all competition. So that element of it is different. Two, we weren't dealing with a failed drug test. We were dealing with um, a situation of tampering whereabouts, so it took longer. Three, they probably should have expedited it. Like, why did they not expedite this process? For Valieva, they expedited it. The problem is it was slow played, initially the positive test. Why was it slow played? Well, if you believe what Watt is saying, it was slow played because Russia did not put her on the list of samples to be analyzed quickly. So with McNeil, I think she wanted to get a ruling earlier because she probably wanted to compete before trials and it was just not provided to her because the ruling didn't happen. And maybe that's because they thought, hey, we'll get to it when we get to it. You can, you're allowed to, because she only competed at trials, remember? That was it. Wasn't yeah. allowed to compete in anything else. Competed at trials. She got a qualifying spot. The ruling came down. She was banned. They put the next person up. What was the damage there? Yeah, it's, it was unfortunate for that fourth place person not to know that they made the team right then. But you got the right result. And then, or you got the right result per CAS, right? And then you were able to send a team to the Olympics with people who are eligible to compete. This, I think, is a little bit different. There are some similarities to it, but I think this is a little bit different because you can't redo the Olympics. And canceling the medal ceremony just basically says, we have no confidence that this is going to hold at all. Right? Like, what, is that? what message does that send? Yeah, she can compete, but we're not going to create any sort of record of her competing at this i don't know do you see more similarities that i'm missing between the two cases i mean that's what i honestly thought the original reasoning was i was like oh this is basically they have they can't they're, they're on a strict timeline with this olympic schedule and they can't come to a final 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 conclusion so they have to like let right. her compete under emergency situations the same way brianna mcneil was allowed to compete because they weren't going to move the olympic trials it was like Hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so I understand that, but I, I was just, I'm taking away two main things from this situation. One, the idea that these figure skaters are now not allowed to have an Olympic ceremony, like a medal ceremony. It's just like, I don't care. Like, the, it just, you're just ruining it. You're just, why are we even having the Olympics if we're like, we're now just going to be like, take away the, the, purpose and the biggest moment of like being able to yeah. see your flag raise and be able to hear your national anthem or be on the podium in second or third 
all because, you know, there could be like it, the, not only does this this Russian athlete ruin it for you know the the other non non Russians, but also she probably is going to be like this is awful. Like she probably is feeling bad. Like what? Yeah. Like she's like, yeah. why am yeah. I like ruining their moment? Like if she got third and now she realizes like, oh, we can't celebrate the gold medalist. She's going to feel like an asshole. She's like, why are you doing that? Like let her have her gold medal ceremony. I yeah. got third. She beat yeah. me. And so, like, no matter both sides are going to be like, this is bullshit. This is not why we came to the Olympics to just be like, all right, you competed. We'll send you an email with the results. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you for and have a nice day. And we'll uh, we'll send yeah. you the, the the medals in the mail. So that's mm-hmm. one is just stupid that they decided to do it. But here's what I think: Why are they doing this? And tinfoil hat. I honestly think there's a little bit of nefarious um manipulation going on and a lot of like politicking some uh very like oh no you're gonna let this happen you're not gonna do this because if you do this we will pull some type of funding or whatever like if this was i I can guarantee if this was happening to a What's a random country? Give me a random country. Switzerland. Lithuania. If this was a Lithuanian athlete, they would be like, sorry, you're banned. Next. Right. Yeah. There is the reason this is happening is because of the magnitude of the country. And I think that's frustrating and mm-hmm. kind of scary. Because yeah. well, I also don't yeah. think I think if this was an American athlete, this wouldn't happen. If this was a 15-year-old American, I think IOC would stand up to the Americans and be like, no, sorry, you're out. Well, why is Kaz making the ruling, though? That's the weird thing to me because that's, that's an independent body, right? And they're, maybe they're just going pure letter of the law. This is a protected person. But again, I just don't understand how you can justify a protected person being immune from all PED, like PED issues. Like, well, that just can't be the issue. And I, and I get it, like, but there's plenty of history in track and field and other sports of coaches um, and adults around athletes, right? And even not even minor athletes, but like using their power to prescribe or give banned supplements or things that aren't in the, the best interest of the athlete. Like I get that. I get the point that like she should not be seen as a villain. But that's different than allowing her to continue to compete than canceling the medal ceremonies like what you're talking about. Especially because they they put themselves in this situation with how the positive test was handled. And I just feel like when you're talking about Russia, they are so involved in this stuff. Going back to, you know, the previous yeah, issues Sochi. with with Russia. Yeah. yeah, with Sochi, right? They are so Involved with it. And someone could put on an even bigger tinfoil hat and say every country is involved in, in this stuff to this level. But when you get when you use the words, you know, systemic doping pro, uh, program and state sponsored, right? This is the stuff that you talk about. The fact that the, the news was withheld and the fact that they did everything to slow play it. One last question. I, like, <laughs> if I were, you know, like Shelby Houlihan was like, I didn't know it was in a, a tainted meat in a burrito. And they're like, we don't yeah. believe it, right? 
but the tainted meat in uh, Aj Wilson's burrito was like, oh yeah, that you got screwed over. You had no idea. You thought you were eating just regular meat, and this came into your system. So because you are unaware you did it, you're you're cleared, right? Yeah. Obviously, there's a legitimate argument. This 15 year old was told this was a Flintstone vitamin and had no idea yeah. that they were cheating, right? Yeah. So and if you're able to 100% prove that this 15-year-old had no idea or, like, it was, like, dropped into her milk from the, her breakfast or whatever in her cereal. Well, they're saying it was her grandfather's. Does that, yeah. Does that make it the athlete, like, allowed to compete? I got what are the rules like if you're if there's no there's strict no there's strict liability the term is strict liability meaning you're responsible for everything that goes in your body now the age obviously changes that dynamic but the news I'm reading the article from um, earlier today on Yahoo it says a document submitted by the World Anti Doping Agency at Camila Valieva's hearing revealed that the Russian figure skater acknowledged taking two other substances similar to the one which she tested positive. Um, which was trimetazidine. Probably messed that up. Neither of the other substances, L-carnitine or hypoxin, is banned, but Valieva's use of them, quote, raised serious questions, end quote, U.S. anti-doping chief Travis Tiger said about her explanation for the positive test that her grandfather uses the trimetazidine and she must have inadvertently ingested it. So, no, I mean, I think the idea is it's a positive, it's a positive, right? It's on the ban list, it's on the ban list. and. Whenever that news comes out, like it needs to be, like the timing is obviously the worst possible timing. But again, they put them, this is a pre-Olympic drug test. Yeah. Russia put themselves in this situation by not fast-tracking, by not putting her on that list. Yeah, that's a long time ago. They can get the results yeah, back so much quicker. And, and, and here's the other thing. Okay, you could say, all right. She tested positive. You guys slow walk this whole process. So that the goal that she already won, we can't undo that. She won. We all saw it. She like that's going to be adjudicated. But then she's not going to compete in the rest of the Olympics. But they didn't do that. I, I think that's the thing for people is they're allowing her to continue to compete, which is where it goes to these absurd levels. And it reminds me of of track in that instance. Yeah, I think. Um... I think Russia was basically, all right, we just got to delay this for like two months once we, and then let it come all out in March. We got our medals. They can take them back, but we got the, we got the media exposure of the win and like people are going to forget that mm -hmm. they got taken away in March. They're just always going to remember that February highlight reel of her dominating. So yeah, it, it feels very nefarious that Russia was basically like, we just got to delay two months and then we're good, you know? Mm -hmm. And well, and that's they weren't the, even able to delay it two months. They were able, able to delay it whatever they needed to, and then they still got even more of a delay because you know the cast was like, "Oh yeah, you can keep going. Yeah. We'll we'll keep yeah. delaying it." It's like ridiculous. yeah, well, and that's where the Richardson thing comes in because a six week ban for marijuana in competition at the trials. Again, all those facts. She's not a minor. All those facts make it different than the Valieva case. But the top line, the headline that you need to know is one person was allowed to compete, to continue to compete, yeah. and one person was not. 
And I think I, I don't blame anybody for saying, well, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. the priorities are all in the wrong place. If you think one is worthy of. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. For Shakari, it was rules are the rules. At the end of the day, rules are the rules. But for this exactly. Russian situation, at the end of the day, the rules weren't the rules. Like, because that's the last thing at the end of all this of like, hot isn't a big deal. What are we doing here? This isn't why she's running fast, blah, blah, blah. This is a stupid rule. But at the very end, bomb and like, yeah, but rules are rules. And you're like, okay, fine. Here, there's like, you delayed it. You did this, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. then at the end of the day, you should yeah. be like, rules are the rules. And they're like, no, no, we're yeah. Russia. This is bullshit. Well, and multiple people are involved in this. Yeah. Right? And, and with Richardson's thing, it's like, all right, an individual made a decision and they pay all these consequences. So it's almost like the more people that are involved, like the less the easier is to get out of it. Less yeah, yeah exactly. And I guess that makes sense, right? Because there's more people who have something to lose from it than a, just an individual missing out on a race. So we'll leave it there. That's probably the last time we'll talk about figure skating on the pod. Um, unless you want to Nathan take it Chen, segment. Did you watch Nathan Chen's? Did you watch Nathan Chen's win? Crushed it. The Rocket Crushed Man? It. One I didn't I watch like it, but I'm just going to say crush oh, it, didn't watch it over I did. and over again. One thing I like about figure skating is I like that they time their jumps to the beats of the music. Yeah. Very. Yeah, that's good. It, like, makes you – it, like, draws you in. You're like, oh, okay. Like, when they yeah. – the crescendo is on the jumps, which is cool. Anyway, Rocket man. Okay. People, I don't know people the words. turned off the pod by now. So we tried to get Gordon to dunk when we were at Cameron Indoor, but Wake Forest was using the court. So yeah. that was my, my goal. I was going to get some, some clips. But I can report that Gordon has been working out. He has been seen in the gym at the Doubletree, uh, according to numerous firsthand sources. And now we lost Gordon. We lost me earlier. We lost Gordon. We're going to leave. We're going to go. That's it. That's the show. Thank you to Colt for producing. Thank you to our sponsor, Hoka. Thank you to the frozen Gordon Mack. We will talk to you guys on Friday. Uh, yeah, stay tuned. Watch the Leave In World Indoor Tour, MPSF. Both those meets live on Flow Track. See you Friday.